only smart people get up early enough to listen to the Francine Marie Show. So thanks for listening, smarty pants. Oi, Billy! Oscar! Dave! Get up! Francine Marie Show's on! Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Dr. Yvette Miller's joining us this morning. She is a Red Cross executive, medical doctor, and a member of the Delta Sigma Theta. Also, she's back. It's Maya Franklin. She's our communications extraordinary manager at the Carolinas Blood Services region for American Red Cross. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So we've got an event coming up September 21st. It's at 10 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. Omegas of Charlotte Fraternity House, 3301 Statesville Road. We want to collect 80 units of blood. And we're talking about sickle cell this morning. It is Sickle Cell Awareness Month. It is. We need a theme song for that. (laughs) We do. That would be nice. Your events in the past, donating blood, has always worked. Does it need to get better? We need more people. Absolutely. We need people to donate regularly. There are a lot of people who will find blood drives that they like because there are certain incentives that they enjoy, whether it be tickets to a race or a t-shirt, a tote bag, Mm -hmm. something cool that they love, but may not give regularly. Maybe they give once a year. So we really want to encourage people to donate at least four times a year as often as they're eligible. Wow. Okay, cool. So what does that donor look like? Are they over 25 or are they married? Are they single? What are they? Who are these people that we need and which are the ones that donate the most? So um, let me just first say that we definitely need individuals from a diverse background to donate. That's really important, specifically African-Americans. And since it is Sickle Cell Disease Awareness Month, this is a great opportunity to learn some things about sickle cell disease, how sickle cell disease is treated, and particularly with blood transfusion. And as Maya said, how we can encourage and support people being you know, regular blood donors. Okay. All right. So, 80 units of blood, how much does that equate to people? Even though our our goal is 80, there are folks that will come to the drive and for whatever reason, they might not be eligible to donate. So there has to be more than 80 people that come to donate. So that's why we certainly encourage people to to sign up ahead of time, but we're always going to be able to take what Mm -hmm. we call walk-ins or people who just come to donate and have not set up an appointment. So let's talk about sickle cell for a minute. We hear some of our superstars have sickle cell, maybe an auntie, an uncle, maybe a niece has sickle cell. Explain to us what it is. So sickle cell disease is a condition that is fairly, it is one of the most common bloodborne diseases and it is common in African-Americans and the people of African descent. And it's related to normal red blood cells or lack of a better description, are soft and squishy and they move easily through the blood vessels. But a a person who has sickle cell disease, their red blood cells are prone to becoming odd-shaped or sickle-shaped. And then those funny-shaped red blood cells basically get lodged in the vasculature and causes the person, the blood vessels to, to clot. And then that's when a person has a pain crisis. And that's one of the first manifestations of sickle cell disease is a pain crisis. Got it. So not a blood thinner will work. And that's right. A blood thinner will not work. It only a transfusion where you give the person a supply of fresh red blood cells, normal red blood cells. And that helps to decrease the thickness of the blood so that the blood can flow more freely. 
What does a blood transfusion look like, sound like, smell like? Is it an hour-long process? Do we have to plan it? A person comes in to donate blood, and then that blood is tested for multiple infectious diseases. And once it's tested and all the testing is negative, then that blood has to be kept basically in a refrigerator, specialized refrigerator to store the blood. So then the hospital will call the American Red Cross or the blood supplier and say, I need a unit of blood for a patient. And for people with sickle cell, because they get transfused very often, the hospitals will request a unit of blood from an African-American individual and that has a similar blood type as the recipient. So then that unit of blood is transported to the hospital and then it is, there's a special tubing that you connect to the bag and then that special tubing will be then, um, has a needle which will then be inserted into the recipient's arm and the transfusion will occur. And a transfusion can take anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half depending on how fast the hospital wants to infuse that unit. Got it. Okay. Age groups. Have you seen any kids? As a matter of fact, in in terms of the donation pool, you, you're talking about recipients or recipients. donors? Recipients. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, when a person um, is born with sickle cell disease, they usually have their first sickle cell crisis within the first six months of life. So we start transfusing babies about six months of age because that's usually when they have their first crisis. Six months? Six months, yes. Will they use my blood, your blood, Maya's blood? Or do they have to be a child? No. As, as a matter of fact, as I said, you know, depending on what the hospital requests, any uh, unit on the shelf that meets those requirements of the hospital's request can be um, used for transfusion. So it doesn't have to be a young person to, to use mm-hmm. their blood for transfusion. And our volunteer blood donors have to be 16 with parental consent, 17 to donate on their own in the state of North Carolina. So wouldn't be a case of a child donating blood for another child. God, not for sister or close right, family right, right. member. Not like we talked about with there being the possibility that a sibling could be the best match for a uh, bone marrow transplant. If you're just not tuning in, that's the voice of Maya Franklin. Also, we have Dr. Yvette Miller. So, sickle cell, what are the symptoms and what's a day life for someone, you know, dealing with sickle cell? Because we could call it a disease, right? It is. And it is called sickle cell disease. So, the interesting thing about sickle cell is that it's different for different individuals. Maya and I went to a program earlier this year where there was a set of twins. And one twin, they were boys, one twin was frequently in the hospital because he had lots of symptoms. He was in the hospital like every month. And then the sibling, he hardly ever went to the hospital. So it just depends on how the physiology and the body of that particular individual with sickle cell disease. But for those who have symptoms quite often, one of the first things they manifest is that they have a sickle cell crisis, a pain crisis, and which is, and I've heard it described that it is the worst pain a person has ever felt. One of, the, one of my friend's aunt has sickle cell disease, and she said that it feels like someone is taking a hammer and just smashing her bones. She said that, that pain is so excruciating, she can barely describe it other than something like that. Or I've even heard it's like being run over by a rail, on the railroad tracks, being run over by a train. Like it feels like it's literally bone crushing. So we need pain meds. Absolutely. Disability. 
Now, yeah, so people with sickle cell disease, because the presentation is so varied, there are individuals who are severely affected who will be on disability from a young age. And then there are those who have very few symptoms that basically lead, um, you know, pretty normal life. They will need pain medication once in a while and, and, you know, transfusion once in a while. But there are people on both ends of that spectrum. So every two seconds, someone in the United States needs blood. What about sickle cell patients? I bet it's just as intense. Absolutely. For sickle cell patients, it is just as critical to have the blood supply ready for them because there are patients, for example, there are patients who have had numerous blood transfusions in the past. And because that blood transfusion wasn't um, matched as closely as it could be, then that recipient has developed what are called antibodies, which means that the units that they had received previously had some incompatibilities in it, although overall it was compatible or they wouldn't have gotten that transfusion. So the next time that person went to needed a transfusion, the body had developed and we test the recipient as well as the donor every time we test a unit of blood. So when we test that recipient's blood against the donor, then in the laboratory, it will show that this recipient now has an antibody. So whenever that recipient has an antibody, that unit of blood that we pull for transfusion has to now be compatible with that antibody as well. So it gets more and more complicated. So that's why we strive to have a great mix of blood from diverse groups so that when the hospital says, I need a unit of blood from an African-American donor with this particular antigen mix, red cell antigen mix, we have it on the shelf. So it's absolutely critical blood from diverse groups because African-Americans have so many, we're so complex. Exactly. So thank goodness they figured out the science to it. It is. And that's what's important. And again, that's why it's so critical. So African-Americans, we do have such a diverse genetic background that it is critically important for people of African that are African Americans, certainly folks that are mixed race, that they definitely come in to donate because because our DNA is really diverse, we need people from a very diverse background to be blood donors so that we can find those compatible units for recipients. All right, we are having an event and we need to come on out. And that is September 21st. It's on a Saturday, so you can't say we ain't got, we have to work on Saturday. Some of us do have to work on Saturday. But the American Red Cross is inviting all of us out, um, eligible donors, and maybe you can come out and just observe. And you've never given blood before. Let's see how it works. To ensure that our diverse blood supply at the Dr. Charles Drew Blood Drive happens. Yes. And succeeds. So this blood drive is a joint blood drive hosted by um, Charlotte Alumni Chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority and um, Pi Phi Chapter of Omega Psi Phi. And we're doing this in honor of Dr. Charles Drew, who was an Omega. And we're also doing it, you know, in honor of Sickle Cell Disease Month to get the message out about the need for blood to support sickle cell patients and the need for people of diverse backgrounds in general to donate. Got it. And he started his journey in, what, 1941? He did. And so Dr. Drew is important to the Omegas, of course, because he was um, a member of that fraternity. But Dr. Drew is also important to the American Red Cross because he was the first medical director of the American Red Cross. And through his research, he developed the methodology that we still use today 
to to separate the blood into components into red blood cell and plasma. So we still honor him today because of the wonderful research work that he did back in the early part of the 19th century. And when we show up on the 21st at Saturday, you will tell us if we're eligible. Will you know by looking at us, taking some blood from us, getting our history from us? How will you know? The wonderful thing about blood donation is that you donate the unit of blood. We determine your blood type and, and, you know, the infectious disease testing and all those those kinds of things are done after you donate. So you do not have to know your blood type when you come to donate. And another thing that's important is that people that have sickle cell trait, they are eligible to donate because people with trait do not have the manifestations, the odd shaped cells like people with sickle cell disease. So people with trait are eligible to donate because their cells are essentially normal. That's good to know. But everybody should know their blood type. I agree with you 100 percent. Everybody should know their blood type and Donating blood is certainly one way to know. We certainly encourage people to come to donate because you learn so many things, um, you know, about yourself. If everybody knew their blood type, they can get a thousand dollars right now, right? <laughs> they would want to. Know. I wish, yeah. They would want to know their blood type. So you do an amazing job. Thank you for the because you've come on before to talk, Maya. I have, yeah. yeah. It's been a while, but I've been here before helping people. That's what you do. Okay. Yeah, I feel the impact that my role makes in the community almost every day. So the rewarding feeling that I get from knowing that blood helps to save lives is invaluable. And then you're always looking for other volunteers as well. Yeah, there and there are tons of opportunities within the Red Cross. You can either become a volunteer who supports recovery and relief efforts for disasters like Dorian, your everyday house fire, which we will probably be seeing more of in the coming months as the weather gets cooler. Also, you can help the blood program by either hosting a blood drive or becoming a blood donor ambassador, helping check in those folks who are coming to give either at our donation center or at one of our mobile blood drives always needed within the Red Cross for someone to step up and help out. Step up and pull your sleeves up. That's right. Roll your sleeves up. So let me just, again, just another reason why we definitely want folks to come out to the blood drive is that we lost a lot of blood drives last week during Hurricane Dorian because the blood drives were canceled because people were certainly needed to be in a safe place. And so that being safe took precedent over blood drives. So quite a few of our blood drives were canceled and we lost the opportunity to collect hundreds of units of blood um, last week. And so we are experiencing seeing a shortage and so we definitely encourage people to come out to the drive to help us collect units of blood. Yeah we lost nearly um, 1,200 units within the last two weeks due to Dorian and there are still some blood drives that are still being canceled because they're in areas that it's just it's too difficult for people to get there to donate, for our staff to get there to donate. So we have to cancel those. And when you think about it, you have to, those were planned events that didn't happen. Months in advance. <laughs> but then you've got folks that need more blood during that time. Yeah, the need for blood is constant. It never stops. So most blood types fall into four major blood groups, A, B, A, B, or O. Are those the main ones? Just four. So those are the main primary blood groups. 
um, A, B, and O, and A, B. But in terms of what hospitals are looking for when they ask for or request a unit of blood for a particular recipient, again, let's talk about sickle cell disease patients. They will ask us to look for, so a red blood cell has a lot of different proteins on the surface. And so the hospital will ask us, can you give us a unit of blood that has these particular antigens on the surface or that lacks these particular antigens on the surface? So it the blood groups are solid and very distinct, but there are other characteristics of a red blood cell that the hospital will ask us to match. And that's why it's really important to have donors from a diverse background, because that's where you will find those units of blood with those distinct qualities that the hospital is requesting. And sickle cell disease affects as many as 100,000 people in the United States? Yes, it does. And again, that's a conservative measure because, you know, it, that's just an estimate. So an uh, estimate that is 100,000 people, mostly of African descent, that have sickle cell disease in, in the United States. You're kind of my age, doctor. So when we were kids, we used to play around with mud. Right, we used to go outside and play. Streetlights come on, be home. And we would do this thing and we would prick our finger and we'd ask our friend to prick their finger and we would become blood sisters. That is not healthy anymore, is it? <laughs> well, I'm sure people find each other way to partner other ways to partner up you know, nowadays, but sisters, you're yeah. absolutely, you know, I don't know what we were thinking, but yes, we would do that as, you know, friends. And it was just, how, what were we thinking? We would put our blood together. I know. Like, what were we thinking? But it was innocent, you know, child play. But yeah. now I'm sure people don't are not interested in that. Don't be your fingers and, and mixing up the blood. No, don't do it. <laughs> so Come funny. on out and roll up your sleeves and give some blood. It's sickle cell month, y'all. It's sickle cell month. Mm-hmm. Gotta keep saying it's sickle cell month. It is. We should see more PSAs. I know my show airs on six stations, right? But still. I know. You know what? I, I'm just thinking about that. I have not seen, you know, a visual PSA for Sickle Cell Disease Awareness Month on television. I haven't seen that. Even, I'm certainly not the most media savvy person, but that's by choice, not by force. <laughs> but, you know, everything pops up when you go onto the internet. I haven't seen any pop-ups or either. Or ads on your phone. Or ads anything. on my phone. You know, we have to rectify that situation. All right. Because it is really important. Let's call them out. WSOC, WBTV, (laughs) (laughs) uh, WCNC, Fox. We need your help. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. But right now, if you're listening, you can come on out. It's September the 21st, 10 a.m. to 3.30. And I've been to the event. So there's food. I know there's food. Yes, absolutely. You sell dinners. (laughs) Well, there's always snacks. Every blood donation. You get cookies. You get crackers juice so you'll walk away feeling refreshed there is going to be some grilling going on there's going to be music there's going to be fun and there's going to be information you know about the 2020 census we're gonna have some information about that we're going to have information about uh, the upcoming election and voter registration and we're also going to have information about affordable housing so there's going to be lots of um, information available as well. So we definitely want people to come out and certainly to donate, but also to come out and learn about what's going on in our community, the important things that are going on in our community. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> yeah. One stop shop. Yeah, so if you don't absolutely. give blood, come out anyway and support. Absolutely. Without a question. You know, what question I had was before you leave out is when you have to get a blood transfusion, mm-hmm. Do you have to have you always have to have insurance, seems like, because who pays out of their pocket for a blood transfusion? Well, 
again, that's all hospital billing that right. I'm not on the side of. But in general, people do have insurance. and But if they don't have insurance, then... Can you deny us a blood transfusion? Oh, I, I've never, I've been working for the Red Cross for 23 years as, and I worked for the Red Cross, but I also did have some hospital privileges in when I was in Arizona and I've never seen a person be denied a blood transfusion because of their inability to pay. All right. That's good to know. Where can we log on? Do we need to RSVP for this? Redcrossblood.org. Um, and you can enter sponsor code Delta and Omega in the top right corner when you log on to redcrossblood.org. It'll ask you to enter either a zip code or sponsor code. And the sponsor code, again, is Delta and Omega. Got it. Delta and Omega. All one word. Delta and Omega. Yeah. A-N-D, not the ampersand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got to tell us. All right. Um, redcrossblood.org, top right corner. Click it, please. Well, your one hour of public talk radio is up. We went over a little bit today. Sorry about that. I am your hostess of the mostest, Francie Marie. Join us next weekend, same time, same station. And until we meet, darling, I want you to have a good week. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us for the Francine Marie Show, where we address issues concerning you and your family. That's all for now. See you next week. Guess who's back again? I bet they know as soon as we walk in. Show up, I'm wearing Cuban links. Yeah. Design a mix. Yeah. Inglewood's finest shoes. Woo-woo. Don't look too hard, might hurt yourself. Know to get the color red.